Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. And y'all, today it's a celebration. You want to know what I'm celebrating? I am celebrating that on February 4th, 2023, it will mark the three-year anniversary for the Labors of Love podcast. Woohoo! Right? And I'm also celebrating that on February 9th, 2023 it will mark my official five-year anniversary pra- actively practicing in my license Woo-hoo-hoo. so I said five years right yeah <laughs> okay so here's the thing <laughs> I used to have this perception um, it was a belief really a worldview that I had absorbed over life that longevity, was the ultimate um, maybe testament to something that when someone could say, I've been doing this for this long, I consider that to be like the ultimate measurement of success. And it didn't matter what it was. So a relationship that could say, yeah, we've been together for 15 years for so much of my life, that carried more weight and that symbolized more success than someone who's like, yeah, we've been together for like six months. And there were many times in my life where I would bypass talking about how long I had been doing something until I reached a point where I felt like the number I had achieved or I had arrived to had some substance, weight, or depth to it. Well, I want to tell y'all that I no longer, <laughs> I I no longer hold uh, that worldview, that belief. I've challenged that. I've gone through my three questions with it. In case you are unfamiliar with my three questions, there are three questions I ask myself and encourage other people to ask themselves anytime they encounter a belief. The first question, where did I learn that slash who taught me that? Second question, is it true slash is it still true? And number three, who is being harmed and who is being, who's benefiting from my belief in this? And when I examined that belief, I realized that no one specifically had outright devalued anything I had done based on minimal years, but I saw it happening all the time. I saw the accolades and I saw the respect given to people who could say, I've done this this long. It was very prevalent in my culture. Elders, elder, respect your elders kind of thing. It didn't mean wisdom. It didn't mean responsible. It just meant advanced age. And so I am very grateful that I have been able to examine that belief and shake that off. 
And so in this celebration, I'm going to do something else that I used to never do. And I'm about to list out some numbers. I'm about to, what do people say, toot their own horn. I'm about to celebrate me. I very much spent so much of my life under this false humility. And what I mean by false humility is I wanted to be known, seen, celebrated, but I couldn't bring it up myself. So I had to wait for someone else to raise up an accomplishment or to point something out. And I can think of countless times I'd been in scenarios, particularly in public spaces where I was just under my breath, really hoping that someone would remember that I had made an accomplishment, even if it was something like my birthday. You know, I remember attending a church where there, when it was your birthday or your birthday was approaching or had just passed, they would sing a song and things. And I, I remember one particular time, um, it, 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 I don't want to say it got forgotten. It, it could be easy to say that maybe it wasn't forgotten. It just, they just hadn't gotten there yet. But I remember feeling a little nervous that because it hadn't been brought up or because someone hadn't said anything to me that my birthday would be overlooked because no one had, you know, announced it yet or made it public. And I look back on that and I think like, man, it's crazy that I just didn't have the, I don't even know what's missing. I don't, I don't think it's confidence. I was in some perception of a social structure that didn't allow me to be like, y'all, it's my birthday. (laughs) So now I say y'all, it's my birthday. So let me talk to y'all about this three years of the Labors of Love podcast. In three years, because our first full episode dropped on February 4th, 2000. Since then, we this is episode 132. 132. I just need to take a second for myself because I, I know I'm saying it's a celebration, but I want to be transparent that like I'm I'm settling into the celebration like right now. <laughs> I haven't been celebrating it this whole time. And then now I'm inviting you in. I'm gearing up by just sitting in recognition that I know there are so many things that I can't say I've done intentionally on purpose 132 times. That's a big deal. There's been roughly 100 Therapy Thursdays. On this platform, I want to be clear that I was doing Therapy Thursdays for probably about a year and a half before we start putting them on the the podcast platforms. They were just on YouTube and social media. And these 132 episodes and additional 100 Therapy Thursdays do not include some bonus episodes that we've dropped. And when we do a throwback, putting some of our best ofs uh, out there. So over, you know, probably around two, over 250 episodes and recordings I have made in the last three years. That is phenomenal. That is spectacular. That is dedication and consistency and commitment. And I am extremely proud of that. I recall taking a month off, I think in 2021, And then I took a couple of months off in 2022. Uh, Outside of that, every week, consistent 
new content. I remember it was sometime in 2022 when, and I don't even remember the context, but this thing, something came up where I had to verbalize that I am a content creator. And when I first did that, it sounded crazy. Like I'm like, it, it felt like a foreign title a foreign, uh, whatever, you know, I'm not really a content creator. Did you hear me over 250 unique new episodes of content? Yeah, I'm a content creator. (laughs) I'm inspired by life. I look around most of the time a therapy Thursday is something that happened that day, something that happened that week. A question my children have asked me, a revelation about looking outside in nature. And that is just super impressive. You know, there's, there's, I didn't, I don't know if this exists, but I I don't buy or pay someone to suggest content or, you know, I don't have ghostwriters. I don't have people who are, you know, feeding me here, do this. And when I sit and think about the level of presence, presencing, being in the present that I've had to continue to build in order to provide weekly content, often two times a week, and that's not including the self-care Sundays that are posts that come out over social media or the wellness Wednesdays that I do on TikTok and all these things like that. Yeah, I'm a content creator and I'm extremely proud of myself for three years of consistent podcasting and I have no intentions of going anywhere. So wanted to celebrate that. As I was talking about this, the consistency, it reminds me of some feedback I got from college. And I'm trying to think, I think I was in college or had recently graduated from college. And I had a friend who told me what someone else had told him about me. So this friend, we had a mutual friend. And apparently this mutual friend had told the friend I was talking to that I had really good ideas, but I wasn't very good at follow through. And what's amazing is how someone's perception of you and you finding out someone's belief about you can be a seed that gets planted and grows wild in your own psyche, in your own body, in your own perceptions of yourself. So either I was near the end of college or had just graduated college, but I have carried, or previously, I have, um, I've uprooted, I've done the weeding, I have eliminated that seed. It is no longer growing in me, but that's recent. And I just want to reflect on the fact that I have no idea the, the data points that this person, and I was relatively close to the person who made this observation about myself. I think that's why I internalized it because as it was told to me, it wasn't like the person who I was talking to was attempting to gossip or, you know, was like, ooh, guess what so-and-so said about you? It came up in the course of a conversation where I think we were talking about what are our strengths and what are challenges and improvement points and stuff. And I allowed someone else's perspective of me to call me into self-doubt so many times. And 
this uprooting this being so recent, I have accomplished a lot. <laughs> and for me to still be like, man, I don't, and it it wasn't, I don't even think I, I might've twisted that. I think it wasn't that I wasn't good at follow through. I think it was Shonda has really good ideas, but she doesn't complete. It was something like that. She doesn't complete them. And so I, I've had to tell myself, girl, I graduated grad school. I got married. I got pregnant. I had twins and I finished. I have a whole business, a whole successful, thriving business, three years in a podcast. And so I'm saying this because I need to remind myself, but I'm also saying this for somebody out there who self-doubt creeps up because you've been given feedback. Maybe it was one time, maybe it's consistent feedback. I don't think that we should just ignore things that people tell us because they don't feel good or we, or we disagree, but I didn't disagree. I blindly agreed. I'm suggesting that we we treat feedback from a perspective of we don't have to ingest or take in anything without thorough examination. And sometimes we might just put it to the side and say, hmm, that's interesting. Let me become a curious observer of this data point. So I wish that 20 some years ago, <laughs> ooh, to say that out loud, my goodness, 20 some years ago, I had been like, hmm, that's interesting. Let me become a curious observer of that. And then I would have been able to look at the various things in my life and say, okay, I am a person who has really good ideas. Well, hey, I, I don't complete things or no, actually I do. But instead of being curious and instead of being an investigator of that data set, I just took it as if it was truth. And so I just want to reiterate to my young adult self who still lives inside of me, girl, you do complete things. You do finish things. You are consistent. You are thorough. You're dedicated. And I am so grateful for my historical selves, my past selves, my parts that regardless of what we were going through, we consistently showed up. So that's that. Now, on February 9th, I will be celebrating five years in practice. I completed my graduate degree in December of 2017. I took my national exam on like December 9th. And People who took the exam around the same time as me and even a little later got their results back weeks. They got their license weeks before me. And I just, and, and it's not like you're waiting to see if you pass. Like once you take the exam, you you get a printout, you know whether or not you passed. But it took this license and board forever to get me my license. And so um, I officially started the Labors of Love labors of love counseling consulting in august of 2017 so i was still in grad school i could not practice because i wasn't licensed i couldn't practice as a therapist i should say i could do many things under that umbrella um, i didn't because <laughs> i was a mother of toddlers and another child and a full-time grad school student but uh, i got my license on february 9th and here are some rough estimates of what I've been up to for the last five years. 
rough estimates. I just definitely did not go in and count. I actually didn't try to pull up any data. I was just kind of rough balling it. But I will tell you that in these estimates, I am sure I underestimated, not overestimated. I would estimate that in the last five years since practicing, I have seen at least 300 clients and coach partners. That's a very conservative number. I have offered at least bare minimum 50 trainings or training series. I have ran about eight healing circles. I've done about six keynotes. I have ran and facilitated five intensives. I have gotten training in EMDR, trauma responsive. I have a trauma responsive care certification. I have a developmental and relational trauma therapy certification. And I have a coaching for healing justice and liberation certification. Um, Countless hours of consultations, conversations, hugs, mentorships. I'm out here doing the damn thing. And I am so proud of myself because there was a time where I would have felt shame that I had only been practicing for five years. There was a point in time where I wouldn't, I didn't celebrate one year or two years that felt insignificant. When am I out here? Nah, like wait until, you know, there was a time when I'm like, at least let me get to five years. Like this would be the moment I was trying to get to. Because that is finally when it felt like I could, I had a respectable amount of time under my belt. And what I want to say to my, the parts of me that held on to those narratives is I understand. And I'm grateful for the way my parts and my littles try to, you know, keep, keep me safe by you know, sheltering me from maybe what felt like embarrassment or insignificance. But I want to say, I I have been living my life for 41 years. And so many things throughout my life have been preparing me to do the work that I am doing now. And while I am very proud of all of those numbers, here's what I want to say. Them numbers don't make me. I don't care how many certifications I get. I don't care, you know, how many trainings I conduct, how many clients and coach partners I sit with. What I am most proud of is that I finally understand the importance of being human with other humans. That I don't have to tout out a degree or degrees or certification in order to feel validated in the world in order to feel significant, in order to to feel worthy. I am so grateful that I have done and will continue to do the painstaking work of realizing that I have inherent worth, that there is not a single thing that I can do, not a single thing I can buy, not a single accomplishment or achievement that I can do that will make me more worthy than I already am. And there's not a single thing I can do to make me less worthy that feels like worth celebrating. So it is a celebration, y'all. I'm very proud of myself. I know that my dad, who died when I was 24 years old, would be so immensely proud of me. I 
am grateful for my mom and dad's sacrifices. I'm so grateful for the things that they gave me by way of education and lessons and opportunities so that I can sit where I sit right now. I'm thankful to all of my friends throughout the years who have nurtured me, who have supported me, who have reflected me, who've seen me. So as I celebrate this, the celebration is not mine alone. For this three years on this podcast, I absolutely have to shout out my producer, Jay Suck from Instant Classic Media. Y'all, one, we, we've gotten better. <laughs> we keep growing. I was looking on Facebook today and three years ago, there was a Therapy Thursday I did that was telling folks, hey, I'm starting a podcast. And as we were listening to this four minute video, we both, he said it when I thought it and he was like, yeah, you've really improved. And I was like, I know, right? I sounded constantly out of breath. I was talking really fast. Da, 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 da. Well, part of it is it, it's not that I had a skill deficit. I've just slowed down. I breathe deeply. I'm no longer in a rush. I'm no longer driven and motiva motivated by the capitalistic standards that say I have to produce and perform in order to be worthy. And so the evolution, those of you who have been listening since the beginning, shout out. I'm coming back to y'all. Even if you're just tuning in, we keep improving. We've upgraded our equipment. We've upgraded our software. His editing has improved. But what I will say and what I want to say to Jay is thank you for your unconditional love and support. Thank you for always encouraging me to use my voice. Thank you for um, holding me in the tender moments, rubbing my back. Uh, in case you don't know, uh, my producer is also... Uh, my partner and husband so all the all the touching is completely uh, consensual and appropriate <laughs> but um I feel so loved and supported by this man y'all and every single thing that I do it feels so overwhelmingly amazing to be able to share this with my life partner I know that there are so many relationships that have a difficult time functioning in one capacity, let alone adding on a layer like work. I am so grateful for the fact that he enjoys doing the things I don't want to do. We've gotten to the point and have been here for quite a while where I come, I sit, I talk, and that is the the that is the only engagement I have with this podcast. Everything else that you all get as this polished um product. I ain't got nothing to do with that. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm so super grateful for that. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that Jay will let me know how grateful he is for me because we'll keep it real. I make his job easy. There's not a whole lot of editing <laughs> that needs to be done. And I talk in sound bites. People have told me this a lot. If you're ever in any capacity with me, a circle, a training, you know, I drop them gems. And then I pause to give people a second to like 
take a deep breath on that, swallow that, metabolize that. And so that that also is very helpful when he has to pick a, you know, pick a, a snippet uh, or a portion of the podcast to put out. But I am so grateful that my partner and I have this, that we share, we do this together. At this moment, we're trending very close to, and by the time this episode drops and the first round of people go through it, we will have crossed 57,000 streams and downloads. 57,000, y'all. The amazing, fantastic, um, wonderful, and humbling thing about that is it's not like a radio station, right? Where you're passing through the stations and you just happen to hear something and you leave it for a second, but then you forget you left it there and you dissociate and it's just playing. That's not really how the podcast works. If someone, if 57,000 streams and downloads means 57,000 intentional times, people have decided they wanted to hear what me and my guests have to say. And that means so very much to me. So I definitely want to thank Jay for all his support. I want to thank my kids. You know, my my kids are interested and invested in what I do. At some point, all three of my kids have been on something. Uh, did a podcast episode with my son, trying to get him to do another one. He, he's being non-committal about that. <laughs> uh, he's been in a therapy Thursday with me. My my girls have been in a couple therapy Thursdays with me. And so I'm also grateful that this isn't something I have to hold close to the chest and hoard and, and, and be stingy about, but that I can share this with my family, even my children. So wanted to say that in regards to my practice, I want to give some hopefully some words of encouragement to folks. How I started is not how I am right now. When I first started Labors of Love and started practicing, I was convinced that my work was going to be for first responders. Now, first responders had a broad definition. It wasn't just like law and fire and um, EMTs and things. I included social workers, therapists, teachers. Inside of that definition, I even offered a discount for helpers who um, who wanted to do their own work. My Facebook um, page, you can look me up by Labors of Love Counseling Consulting, but you know, my URL is Healing for the Healers. So when I first started off, I was, I was pretty convinced that was going to be it. And then I had a session with a couple I was working with. We, they were making really great progress. And they were like, hey, can we bring our parents? <laughs> And I'm like, um, sure. And so I ended up doing a six-person session, five were in person, one was on the phone, and it changed my life. I knew at that moment I was built for doing families. And I worked with families for a while. I now, with my therapy work exclusively with relationships, everything has always been focused around helping people recognize, identify, and address their trauma continue to build their res- their res- resilience, <laughs> not resistance, their resilience. But I just want to let y'all know, um, actually, Jay said this to me the other night, and it's hilarious because I hadn't thought about this, but he is like, man, you are the queen of the pivot. 
<laughs> and if you have ever played basketball, that's where my familiarity with pivoting. When I played basketball in elementary and middle school, there may be other sports where the pivot is a thing. But what I knew, what I learned about the pivot is you have a stationary foot, you have a pivot foot, and that one, your stationary foot has to remain planted. But your pivot foot can move and it allows you to get a different angle. It allows you mobility without traveling. And I have pivoted a lot, a lot. I'm telling y'all, I have come up with some ideas that I thought were fantastic. And when I say just never took root, one of them was, um, I called it physical group therapy. <laughs> and the the goal uh, and thought, I still think it's a fantastic idea, right? There is so much trauma and shame around body things, around movement, around exercise. And so I had this idea that like in a group format, we would come together and we would like move our bodies together. And then we would have the talk therapy component where we would talk about all of the things that come up with that. This was before I had a really solid footing in somatics and the body, but it was a great idea. Yeah, uh, no one no one signed up for that. <laughs> so if you saw the back the back end of my website, you would see all the things that I've done that are just hidden from public view. And I just want to say that's okay. It really is okay. <laughs> Sometimes if you're like me, you get an idea and you start to put things in motion for that idea. And sometimes it's impulsivity. I, I can admit to that. Sometimes an idea comes and before I have really considered a lot of the, the elements, the components, uh, whether it's a good fit for me or whatever, I just run with it because it's a good idea. And then I stop short. Maybe that's what my friend observed back in college, that I was like moving into execution before I had accurately or adequately planned. Maybe that's something that she recognized. Maybe that registered to her as not completing. Sometimes I didn't complete because it was like, oh, <laughs> upon further review, yeah, this probably isn't the best idea. Some things I, I spent so much time painstakingly trying to get every detail that I lost momentum or I, I lost interest, or I missed the wave. And so I couldn't complete that. Sometimes I, I started, executed, and did things for a while. And either I decided I was done doing it, or people just stopped coming for it. But I just want to, as a person, as I can say, a successful entrepreneur, I am that. Five years in the business, I, I can honestly say to you, and I am so very grateful that I have never been in the red, uh, at the end of any year, right? So I have had a viable, profitable business the entire time. In our, with the IRS, you have three of five years where you have to make a profit in your business. And if if you get to three years where you do not, they consider you a hobby instead of a business. I've never had that problem. I'm very grateful for that. Speaking of that, I want to shout out my um, my business mentors that I've had since 2018. If you're not familiar with SCORE and you are considering entrepreneurship, you're already an entrepreneur and you want business support, I highly recommend you looking up SCORE. SCORE, um, I believe 
is it's it's they have them all over and they come through the uh chamber of commerce i is that right uh okay don't give me the lion but here's what i know <laughs> that's not inaccurate these are retired business people who are volunteering their time to help entrepreneurs and there is a wide variety of interest and expertise that they have i have had some people say they tried score and they did not feel adequately matched with their mentor and so it didn't work out i felt really matched with my mentor i started off with three only one has been super consistent over the years and and what i was super clear on early in those in that time was that one i didn't want anyone in my field being my mentor for my business one, because uh, healers, helpers, therapists are notoriously bad at business, right? Part of that, I think, is because what le leads many of us into this work is our past wounds. And as we go to help others, if we are not intentional about doing our own work, then we don't realize some of the gunk that's like weighing us down. That has a tendency to mean that a lot of us are like the bleeding heart. Oh my God, I can't turn anyone away. We we start making decisions based on a lot of other things, not business, because businesses have to stay in business. And so I was clear that I wanted a business person. And so when they gave me three old white men, I say, show you right. <laughs> yes, I want to learn, right? I want to sit with you and learn the things that you in some ways didn't have to learn were inherent in who you were taught you were from the moment you were born. White men navigate this country and this world very differently than I do in my black woman's body. And so, yes, I will sit with you and get these lessons. Have you asked me the questions that I would never consider to think of because my lived experiences would not have had me to think that way? My mentor, the one who's been the most consistent, um, Bob Leslie is his name. Shout out, Bob. Like he asked me questions. He encourages me to think beyond it, never out of shame. Not why didn't you think of that? Oh, that's simple. But he comes from business background and I'm so grateful for that. I've had countless people that I've ran ideas by and I've partnered and collaborated with, but I, I'm encouraging folks. It is not easy, but it is possible. And it's not always hard. I want to say that too. Um, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I want to reiterate that. This was, this was the path that was intended for me. And because of a lot of things, I've had to be in community. My business is successful. And all these things that I am naming, I've been, a, I am a success largely because I stay in community. Communities shift. The people in those communities, they might ebb and flow, but I remain in community because I realize that I'm not intended to do this alone. In the times when I have felt the most frustrated, when I felt the most defeated, the times when I wanted, well, I can't say I ever wanted to just give up because the thought of going back and working for somebody else, <laughs> no, work with you. Yes. Work for you. Eh, eh. So that has been the thing that has stopped me from being like, I'm just going to go get a job. Nah, nah. Um, We're going to have to work this thing out. But when I have felt the lowest and it's been the most difficult, it's when 
I have allowed the narratives, the stories, the parts, the littles to, to pop up and, and lead me or keep me in isolation. When I don't tell people that I'm struggling and I need support, even if that support is just them affirming me and that's just them saying, I see you or offering some like legitimate advice. Hey, I got this CPA. Like you should check out this person. Have you tried this resource? So if you are an entrepreneur, if you're thinking about entrepreneurship, please understand that this thing is we it we thrive in community and through connection. So I wanted to shout that out for folks. Um, so yeah, it's a celebration. The last two things that I would like to share with you all are two new services that I am offering. And I want to tell y'all about them. They are dope. Okay. So intensive healing experiences are not a new service for me. I've done intensives, but I will also tell you, and I have shared on the podcast that the format in which I was doing them was shredding my nervous system. Three days, four people, really rigid schedule due to time. People often like traveled here from other states, or I would travel to another state if if everyone if it was easier for people to be where they are and I just go to them. And we would go from like nine to six. But we are talking about helping people address the deepest of their childhood traumas. And the 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 way that I fully, fully commit the spirituality, the intuitiveness of this means I'm really deep in there. Four people, probably about an hour and a half or so process per person per day for three days, shredding my nervous system because I, I, yeah, I, all of me is doing the work. So now I also realized that for the most part, I was doing those intensives for therapists who were going through the developmental and relational therapy trauma program, which meant these were clinicians. It meant that they were familiar with this particular model. And so I was just facilitating this three-day process as part of a larger uh, process that they were going through. What I realized is I don't necessarily not want to do that with therapists, but I am not dedicating this service specifically for that. I want to take this to everyone who's ready for it. So Intensive healing experiences. I didn't do any intensives last year because I spent a lot of time formulating what I wanted this to look like. So this year, 2023, will be the first time that I am doing intensives again. I am only doing two because the intensive healing experiences are now nine month experiences where four people. So that means eight people this year have the opportunity to have this experience. But there is a spring cohort that will begin in March. And then there's one, I think that begins in May uh, for the cohort that begins in March. It, it is each person will travel a nine month journey where they will be building the toolbox, the toy box and the capacity not to just have this immersive weekend experience, but have, feeling equipped to know what they're looking for, know how to identify the parts that are showing up and be equipped and confident in how to continually continually navigate this healing journey. We will be doing things individually, one-on-one, and we will be doing things collectively as the cohort. Now, for the first 
cohort. Our weekend intensive experience is in April. This is where I shifted a whole bunch of stuff up. One, it's not in some office space here in Cincinnati where you got to, okay, go have lunch on your own. And I'll, nope, this is a luxury destination vacation coupled with intensive healing. So we will have a full-on house in some very nice, luxurious location. We have a few places we're looking at um, pretty much on a beach. Um, I know a lot of people like forests and all that stuff, but since I'm conducting it, we go where I want to go. So it's the beach, but we'll be somewhere. When I say full-on luxury, you ain't got to worry about nothing. The participants are coming in and they everything is all inclusive. Everyone has their own room. No one has to share. And I'm talking about the places we have will be very substantial size. So not only will each person have their own room that they can go to, but the places, the place we either have a pool, access to the beach, walking trails, whatever those things are. So people can really take up as much space as they need to. In addition to me facilitating the three-day, three-part process, Kara Michelle Pearson, who is a dear, dear, dear friend and sister of mine and former guest on the podcast, is there as a master space holder and experience curator. So she is going to be there to make sure that me and each participant has everything we need to settle our nervous systems consistently, to cre- to have mindful creativity through movement, through meditation, through creativity, all of this stuff. All the food will be catered. The entire experience, everything that everyone needs will be right there. And then after the weekend experience, what typically happens is like, okay, well, here let's do a follow-up call how's it going and then everyone is kind of left to just figure it out that never sat well with me and so after that we have about six to seven more months of being together consistently frequently one-on-one and as a cohort collectively to integrate the things that we learned and discovered over the weekend to be in community as our parts and our littles and all these things come up and to really be with one another as we figure out now that I have had this this, this experience of healing, how do I maintain that? How do I keep the momentum going? How do I rest when sometimes the momentum needs to stop and we need to just sit with it? And so that is the intensive healing experience life changing. I know there's not a single of the five intensives that I did that literally people's lives were changed. I have done two to three intensives for as a participant, life changing. And that's when it was just a moment in time. I can't even imagine the depth that we are going to achieve by making sure that we are taking our time and being intentional about a nine month experience. So if you heard this and you're like, where do I sign up? Go to my website um, under services. That is where you can learn more. Any person who's considering uh, doing the intensive healing experience has to do a new service consultation with me. We got to make sure it's a good fit. Uh, Things we got to talk about to make sure that, you know, 
Why are you choosing now? Yeah, let, let's just talk about it to make sure it's a good fit. So I have two of those cohorts going. Um, and honestly, the dates elude me. I know the first one I want to start in March. So if you register by February, I think 17th, you get $500 off the experience. And then there's an early registration date for the second cohort as well. The second intensive weekend will be in October. The first one is in April. Uh, if it's not for you, feels too intense, that's okay. But you know someone else who might benefit from it, you know, tell them to head over to the website. So I'm super, super, super excited about it. The other thing, and I, I also want to share this. And if no one signs up, that's okay. I want to say that out loud because sometimes I know we get really excited and really invested in something. And me, I spent so, I have so much anxiety. What if people don't? And what if this? And then I'm now up to the point where it's okay. Because I realize there are a whole lot of factors and it's expensive. Healing is expensive. Can I tell y'all that? Healing ain't cheap. If you think healing is cheap, I'm wondering, honestly, if you've been doing healing. Because it's an investment of time, energy, money, right? I want people to know that you get what you pay for. And you paying a lot and you're going to get a lot. But it's also a way for people to truly understand like they're investing in themselves. And I want to be clear, the, the, ex, the price of it is about the expense of it. My time is valuable. My time is priceless to me and to those who get it. So the, the whole nine month experience, you're paying for my time, but you're also paying for luxury accommodations. You're paying for all of the, the things that have to come together. Somebody got to find the, find the caterer where we're going to go. Black owned businesses to get us catered breakfast, lunch and dinner. Somebody that is time. So I got a whole team of people who will be working to make sure that this thing gets pulled off with excellence. And so that's part of what you're paying for. We're paying for the location. We're paying for Kara's time because her time is invaluable and she brings life changing like presencing and she uses a lot of materials. And so I just want people to know when you go and look and you be like, uh-uh, who gonna pay that? Well, people pay it. You know what? I pay a lot of money for my healing. So just want to say all that. Um, so that's the one. And then the other <laughs> new service, which is not a new service, but it is finally me giving a name to something that I've always done. And I now offer soul hugs. Um, I am telling y'all about this. I offer them. They're not on my website yet. I'm gonna work on putting them there, but a soul hug is my offering for families, organizations, companies, churches, groups who just need respite for their nervous system. We live in a crazy effed up world, if I'm being real, the kind of world where I'm a uh, content warning. Uh, I'm about to talk about some, mention some events of the recent past, but we live in a world where someone can walk into a celebration, pull out a gun and kill people who can walk into a school and kill people where those who were supposed to be tasked with keeping lives safe can murder someone on the street violently. 
This is the world we live in. And whether you think you can just turn off your social media, turn off your TV and bury your head in the sand, your nervous system is attuned. You don't have to know the details. You don't have to remember somebody's name. You don't have to remember when it happened. Our nervous systems are attuned to the danger that we are constantly living in, the constant ongoing threats of a pandemic, fluctuating economy and inflation and violence and murder and suicide. It is all around us. A soul hug is where I come in and for whatever time period we're together, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 120 minutes, I am loving and hugging your soul and I'm giving you reprieve. It is a space where performance expectations don't exist. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to show up a certain way. You just get to come be. And I offer this as an extension of my essence. I came up with the name Soul Hug because I I kept getting feedback. One, I'm a really, really good hugger. I've known that for years. I used to say Betty Cracker's known for her cakes. I'm known for my hugs. Like I give some really good hugs. A 20-second hug can reset the nervous system. And I've always been an amazing hugger. I I started getting feedback, though, that after sessions or after holding space or groups, and we might do a round of how are you leaving you know, what are you taking with you? How are you feeling? And people would say things like, I just feel like I've been hugged. Or, you know, that feeling after yoga, you know, um, and I think there's a name. I actually don't do yoga, so I don't know, but it feels like that. <laughs> so I took that feedback and I realized that I've been hugging people's souls pretty much all my life. Now I've just put a service together where people can formally ask me to come in. This is not a training. This is not, um, it's not even really a group session. It's a soul hug. Now, inherent in that are people having the ability to just be with what is arising. We do a lot of getting into our bodies, grounding, somatic, centering, but we talk about what's coming up and you get my wisdom. You get my reflection But most of all, you get my light in my mirror that allows you to see yourself as the fully worthy, lovable human that you are. And there is nothing better. So I want to let people know I'm doing soul hugs officially. So if you are part of some kind of group, organization, company, church, other faith, um, organization and that sounds like that's what y'all need hit me up the thing about me (laughs) is there's not a single person on the planet who can't benefit from the work that I do I'm actually going to end on this um one of the tremendous blessings I feel right now especially since I am still flying extremely high and sinking very deep into my audacity and abundance season is At a certain point in time as a new entrepreneur, there are oftentimes pressure that many of us feel that we got to just do what we got to do to keep the keep the money coming in, keep the lights on, as they say, you know, get the bills paid. And so we find ourselves stretching across a wide highway, doing all the things, taking all the clients, doing, you know, and right now I realize that I can be extremely choosy. That it's not about 
oh, someone wants my service and so they're going to pay me. And it's like, no, let's talk about it because I need to have a very specific conversation about what level of commitment to change and healing is this organization really talking about? Is this individual who wants this coaching session willing to slow down? If you're rushing towards an objective or a goal, or you think healing, we can rush it. I'm not the one for you. So I get to say, when people do a consultation with me, it's not just, am I a good fit for you? It's, are you a good fit for me? Are we a good fit for each other? And that's every single service that I offer. I was with hanging out with my son this weekend and we had been out and gone to the mall. Malls really are a dying breed, y'all. We tried to go to a shoe store, like they ain't had no shoe stores. <laughs> anyway, we come back and my son noticed that there were some parties happening in our neighborhood. And he asked me, he's like, are you sad that you weren't invited? I said, no. He's like, really? Why not? And I don't even remember what I said to him at first, not brushing it off, but I gave him an answer. And then I was like twisting his hair later in the, in that night and he revisited and he said, so tell me again why? And I had to let him know. And I said, honey, sadness and disappointment when you're not invited somewhere is because you're choosing someone and they're not choosing you. What I realize is I'm not choosing them. <laughs> and whatever the capacity was, it was. I wasn't invited, but that's okay because I didn't want to go. And I, I, that's, that's, I'm embodying that right now. And that's a big deal for me because I spent most of my life as a shape-shifting people pleaser. I wanted to be invited everywhere. I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted to be pleasing to everyone. Everyone needed to like Shonda. Everyone needed to love Shonda. Everyone needed to, needed to see Shonda. And right now I'm like, mm, I'm cool. I don't have to choose everybody. And that's okay. I cannot choose you and still love you. I cannot choose you and still have so much regard for you. But I can be choosing in who I choose. I realize that right now I'm choosing people who choosing me. People are choosing me that I'm choosing and I am synced and my village is amazing. And once I did enough healing to realize that every people don't have to be my people, I can't even begin to tell y'all how much peace and ease I have had. So that that that's my personal life. That's my business. That's all that. <laughs> so I'm finishing up. Thank you. Thank you for rocking with me. Seriously. If you are listening to this, it's by choice. And I do not take that for granted. Oh, I should have tried to count how many guests. <laughs> you know, I do solo cast every now and then. But literally, if this is 132nd episode, for real, well over 100 guests. 100 individuals who have taken the time to come on here and share their labors of love with us. So to all my previous guests, love y'all. I got some amazing guests coming up too. Oh my God, I'm so excited about so many episodes. Um, my listeners, I shout y'all out every episode. I don't want you to think that's part of a routine. I know I can get to the end of the podcast and I like I do my spiel so good that every time I have a guest, like pretty much every single one of them comments on like, ooh, that was so good. It sounded so, like it almost sounds recorded. My outros are never recorded. When I shout y'all out and say I love y'all and thank y'all, I'm not saying it because it's part of a routine. I'm saying it because I really, truly mean it. 
I have said this before. I'm gonna say it again. And then for real, I'm, I'm done. Well, y'all holla at me. Y'all are listening because I see numbers. <laughs> it don't tell me the names. It'll give me some rough demographics. If you've entered your demographics, I actually only get Apple tripping. Um, so I only get demographics and stuff from Spotify anchor. But anyway, my point is I want to hear from you. And I mean that. When I get the messages through my website, when I get the emails, when people reach out to me on social media and they are telling me like, hey, I listened here. I like this part. They 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 tell me a quote that I said they really loved or they just let me know they're out there. I want to put faces with name, well, with numbers. So I take the time. I respond back. It's me. I don't have anyone who responds to my messages for me. Not yet anyway. <laughs> so, hey. If you get the time, reach out. I love to hear from you um, because I'm all about connection and community. And these numbers don't mean nearly as much to me as the fact that there are people behind the numbers. So I love y'all. Celebrate good times. Come on, right? So I'm going to celebrate. I hope y'all are celebrating with me. So all the things, Trey Angel, my nephew, he does my music, grateful to him. Already shouted out my producer, my love. Jay, thank you so much. Love you listeners. Um, if you haven't done the rating, go ahead and do that rating. Write a review, share the podcast, do a Google review. Those are good. Yelp, we'll take it all. <laughs> Until we connect again, y'all, be well. <laughs>